Good morning, evening, or afternoon, everybody, depending on when you're listening. My name is Soupy Max. And my name is Gavin McDonald. And today, welcome to the first episode of The Clone War Room, a weekly podcast in which we talk about Star Wars The Clone Wars leading up to its eventual Season 6 revival. I think it's Season 7. Is it 7? Oh, well. There's like the Lost Missions on Netflix. We're off to a great start. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so today we're going to be looking at Cat and Mouse, Hidden Enemy, and the ever-infamous Star Wars The Clone Wars, the movie. So, uh, let's start right off the bat with uh, Cat and Mouse. This episode, I feel, is a great start for anybody trying to get into Star Wars The Clone Wars. Oh, it's absolutely phenomenal, yeah. It's so good, dude. Like, I'm just surprised that the prequel Anakin that we've all loved and hated from those times is gone. Like, this is a different character entirely. Oh, yeah, he's completely different. Um, Well, first off, like, so first off, the premise of the episode is, like, there's a blockade around this planet, right? It's like Christosis. It's like a crystal planet. And, like, Anakin and, like, his guys, they got to send, like, supplies down to, like, the, the rebels on the ground. And they have to get through this blockade, and there's this guy named Admiral Trench, who's like this super intelligent admiral. Ah, uh, Spider-Man, yes. Yeah, he, yeah, he's Spider-Man, and they have to go through him. And basically, the whole episode is, as the title suggests, Cat and Mouse. It's like this game between Anakin and this Trench guy as they as Anakin tries to break through the blockade. Um, obviously, Anakin succeeds because he's, <laughs> it's the, he's the main character. And I got to say, I think this is the weirdest Star Wars Marvel crossover I've ever seen. Like, they could have just gone off the fan art, straight up put Spider-Man in a situation where he would fight Darth Vader. But no, instead, he had him getting into uh, get into a bit of a cockfight with Anakin Skywalker in space. Yeah, which I thought was an interesting direction to go in for sure. Well, that's, you know, the Lucas Marvel Disney deal for sure. You know, that's what happens when Lucas buys Disney. Um, but back to your point about Anakin. Oh, yeah. He's he, like, if you just watch like Attack the Clones and jump into the Clone Wars, there's like, they are completely different characters almost. He almost reminds me of like Tom Cruise's character in Top Gun where like he's a loose cannon, but he gets stuff done immediately. Yeah. And I kind of love that about him. Like he shows a real like cockiness that isn't exactly... That isn't exactly toxic. It, it's it shows his high qualities as a leader by just having him be able to handle these high tension situations like the one that he was in with Admiral Trench. Absolutely, and also it's I think when everyone talks about like how good of a pilot Anakin was, you you actually see that, and like like not just in like technique or maneuvers, like he strategically outsmarts Admiral Trench. Mm-hmm. You actually not only see his like prowess as a general. But, like, his ability is, like, a fantastic pilot to annihilate this admiral. Yeah, and let's talk about Spider-Man for a second, too, because I thought he made for a pretty great one-off villain. Like, he sh- he was intimidating from the second he got on screen to the second he exploded. Oh, yes. He was fantastic. I think his design was a little off-putting, so I'm like, oh, wow, that's... A- well, because he's just a spider. <laughs> he, he was, he's literally a Spider-Man. Yeah, like, wow. Okay, you're just a spider. Okay, but, like, yeah, he's... He's fantastic. I would say, I mean, he's only in, like, I think, one. He's only in this episode in the entire show. Well, yeah. He, he, he <laughs> not, we're not going to find the origin story of a one-off. Or... No, no, no. He dies by the end. But, like, he is such a memorable villain. Like, he's so interesting. And, like, what I like about him is, like, he, this is just, like, a game to him. Like, I legit think he just likes to, pl- like, play war. It's literally, like, a giant chess match, yeah. to, match to him, and I think that's what makes him so great. He barely takes Anakin seriously up until the very end, and yeah. that was his downfall. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm gonna die, because I can't raise my shit. Yeah, he's great. Um, He's a fantastic... His design, I love... Uh, I don't... I love the, the little clicks he does, the, the little... Those little clicks every time he talks. I'm a sucker for whenever bug characters come up and the VO does something along those lines yeah. just to like, it adds to the character so much because it's this tiny thing, but it's so off-putting and it's like, ah, you really are just a weird bug man. Get out of here. Please die. They also do a great job of balancing between Anakin and Trench. I feel like there's a lot of focus on Anakin and also on Trench, but it's never like the episode is solely about Trench. No, like the protagonist is still Anakin, but like, there's still a lot of time to, to develop trenches like this pretty charismatic and like interesting villain to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. Got a little bit of water in my system. But uh, something that I also found interesting was Obi-Wan's 
role in this episode, he was not super present, which I thought was pretty interesting because it just led the focus to lean more on Anakin, which I think is a huge risk. Well, not for these guys at this point, because this is what, season two, right? Yeah, so Clone Wars is weird in the sense that they have all their episodes out of order. Uh, when you like watch it from the air dates, like season one, there are episodes that take place way after season two. Yeah, we're going to be going off of the chronological list posted on the StarWars.com website, as well as this handy-dandy little Reddit page that I'll link in the description so you can follow along on Netflix. But uh, yeah, but just going off the perspective that this is the first episode, this yeah. is the very first time we're seeing Anakin in action, I think it's super bold to have the focus entirely on him. Because while the, fo- while the focus of the season entirely, like, Again, it was a little bit later on down the line for this, but because of this perspective, we are forced to get that old prequel Anakin right out of our brains and immediately fall in love with this new one, which I think was really smart on their end. Absolutely. I think it's a good way to kind of establish it because like, nope, he's a different guy and he's also the focus of the show. Um, This isn't pod racing. Yeah, this is not pod racing. (laughs) This is Anakin and how you would imagine Anakin in a, cl- in a war, uh, like when Obi-Wan describes him in A New Hope, this is exactly how I would imagine Anakin, as this cocky, charismatic, very... He's not gun ho because he's actually really intelligent with his ideas. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's very out of the box. A lot of his strategy is very, like, not, like, typical strategy, which is actually interesting because, like, Admiral Trench is also a very, like, a character that kind of thinks outside of the box. Mm-hmm. For example, there's, like, they go over his history of stuff and, like, He's dealt with cloaked ships before. Yeah. Um, by the way, there's a cloaked ship. That's what Anakin flies. And so there's cloaked ships. So he like already knows what to do. And he already knows how to like deal with these things. And Anakin really, really has to like, oh shit, I got to really fucking use all my brain power to get out of this one. Yeah. I, I, and that just, that just shows the incredible writing skill of the staff on here. They really know what they're doing, what they're talking about. And it really shows here just because we do feel that these guys are characters. There's not a whole lot of dialogue between Anakin and Obi-Wan, but you can tell that they're friends right off the bat. We don't need some like overlonged exposition about, hey, remember that one time I almost saved your ass back in Planet Minimima? Oh, uh, yeah, that was a close one. Gonna owe me a space soda later for that one. Amy. Yeah, there, there's no references. It's just like, no, yeah, we, they act like friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. It's nice. Ah, oh, man. And uh, speaking of friends, let's talk about the clones real quick in this episode, because this is the first time we're seeing them and the droids, two like generic side characters, I will say, but very effective because they offer great comedic relief and genuine like character. They're not just like the same personality repeated over and over. They each have their own individual quirks, even though they're voiced by the same voice actor. Every last clone. What? As the show goes on, you definitely say, uh, what's his name again? Rex. No, the, the the voice actor for the clones. Oh, Google, come here and help us. Time to summon Google. He does a lot of voices. I know he does like a lot of Ben 10 voices, but um, yeah, I mean, as the show goes on, he's like, he like should have gotten so many awards. He, he's phenomenal with just doing one voice and like. There's entire episodes where it's just the clones. But anyway, back to the point. I thought the. The clones were really, they were kind of like a nice... D. Bradley Baker. Yeah, D. Bradley Baker. There we go. Um, I thought the clones were a nice subplot, especially you have like this new rookie, which is kind of nice because like if this is supposed to be the first episode of the show, you have like this rookie come on mm-hmm. for the first time. This is like his first mission. So it's it's easy. It's nice for the audience to like kind of attach themselves like, oh yeah, this is kind of our first adventure with Anakin and stuff. Um, and it's nice to see the clone react to like what Anakin's doing because sometimes like, is Anakin could is General Skywalker like fucking do this weird ass <laughs> maneuver and the clones are like yeah, yeah you get you get used to it yeah that's what they're like they're just like just, yeah it's just everyone <laughs> else is like business as usual and this rookie is just like um can we hold on for just a second yeah it's kind of going crazy so that's kind of like a nice subplot and then it, as adventure goes on he's like oh yeah Anakin knows what he's doing and I definitely trust him um so they're nice. The droids didn't get really a lot. They were just kind of like, they're just kind of cannon fodder. They didn't. They were cannon fodder. But like, I love how they're given a personality in this show where it's just like, hey, uh, we're just going to die immediately, but let's make some multiple, multiple hilarious jokes about it and see where it goes. And uh, it works pretty well, I got to say. I 
no. <laughs> you're not you're not a fan of the droids. Come on. I think they can be funny, but I think my problem is, and this is I think it comes back to this being a kids show is the droids are very um there's no threat level to them. They're just yeah. they're just they're pretty easily killed and they're and they're just and all they do is quips. See, no, that's true, but I feel like because they are cannon fodder and like Again, they've been introduced to the universe before, so you kind of have to have them in here, especially if you're telling a story about the Clone Wars anyway. Instead of making them the cannon fodder, like, worthless drones that they were in the prequels, I kind of like the restructure of them being the comedic relief, just because that gives them something to do. And honestly, the comedic relief does work for me on occasion. Like, not all the lines that they deliver are, like going to be a gut buster but for the most part i think as far as like including droids in a clone Wars show this is probably the best route you could have gone with them i i think um i don't mind comedicness i just i think it's overplayed mm. and so i would personally prefer a more threatening antagonist and i mean there obviously are way more antagonists in the show but like, oh yeah um in terms of just like the droids who are kind of mostly in every episode they, they fight them all the time um Sometimes they can be threatening, but most of the time you're just like, there's no, to me, the problem is it takes away the stakes because mm. it lightens like, oh, they're, they're making the jokes, they're making jokes. The droids are making jokes. And so it really kind of um, lowers the stakes and I'm not as invested in the action as I could be compared to like, again, in Cat and Mouse, Admiral Trench is a formidable opponent. There are, there's real tension between Anakin and Trench. And even though we know Anakin lives, we don't know how he's going to get out of this. Because Trench is a, is incredibly smart, and he and he show and he, right off the episode's bat, it shows like his tactical prowess as he like annihilates this Republic fleet. Um, there's a serious threat to him, um, and it they don't need to, and it's not too dark because this is a kid show. Mm. It's not dark where it's like, oh, he's gutting people. Oh, it gets dark though, <laughs> like, but like he's just like I mean he bombs civilians at one point. That that's actually pretty. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. It, it does get super dark. You just. <laughs> Bombs innocent children. Yeah, okay, so he does bomb civilians, but... Baby murderer. But for the most... I mean, if you're a kid, you didn't really care, but, like, for the most part, like, they're able to keep this threatening appearance up without um, reducing his threat... Reduce... Making him a, a joke, and also without going too dark where it's, like, kids can't watch this. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree, and I think that Cat and Mouse absolutely is the de facto starting episode when it comes to Clone Wars, and, uh, man, I think we've said about as much as we can say about Cat and Mouse. Do you want to go on to Hidden Enemy? Sure, yeah, uh, Hidden Enemy. So the premise of a Hidden Enemy is the Republic's landed on Christosis. They're fighting the droids, and the droids seem to be kind of, like, knowing their every move. They, like, know exactly what their strategy is. They, they're, they're picking off the Republic. So Anakin and like, okay, there's clearly a traitor. We're going to find out who it is. They go off on, like, a secret mission, and they run across Asajj Ventress, who's, like, the Sith... Um, assassin. Meanwhile, uh, Clone Commander Cody and Captain Clone Commander Clone Captain Rex, uh, they're like in the clone base trying to figure out who the traitor is, and that's like the basic premise of the episode. Um, it's I thought this was a great episode too. Cat and Mouse mm. is definitely better, but yeah. this was a good episode to focus more on the clones, um, and it was cool to develop mostly faceless people in the movies. Yeah, um, they're pretty. They, they are cannon fodder in the movies as well. And now they, they have legit personalities. Cody's literally mentioned like twice throughout the entirety of the films. In episode three, when he makes his turn, it's literally like, oh, cool. Looks like things are happening now. I don't care who this person is because we literally knew them for 10 seconds. But like, that's something I really love about the Clone Wars, too, is, again, it's all about restructuring, right? Mm -hmm. Like the like we just like it just said, the clones in the prequels were cannon fodder, utterly useless, and served no purpose other than to look cool and shoot bad boys. But here, they're given a person. They are all given individual personalities, given individual motives, and like it's very, very compelling. Especially on the end of the hidden enemy in this episode, which. Spoiler alert! Well, spoiler alerts for all of this. Let's be real. If you're tuning into a recap podcast, you should probably probably be watching the episodes before this yeah. comes out. But spoiler alert: they're the clones. The tra a clone is a traitor, which is actually really interesting. Yeah. And this clone brings up this idea that he's absolutely hundred percent right. Like 
he's like, yeah, we're slaves. We're fighting a war that we like are forced to fight in. And like, he doesn't want to be a part of it. He wants to, he wants to live his own life. And so like, um, the separatists promise him, yeah, we'll pay you and you can leave and do whatever the fuck you want in return. You just give us data on the clones. And obviously he's bad because he's killing people, you know, he's fought with and like, he's actively, the clones refer to each other as brothers because they kind of are, they're genetically the same. So he's, he is killing his brothers, people he loves and cares for. So there's that, so he is deaf. They, they cement that he's a villain, but his, but his motivations are really, really relatable. And I can't fully condemn him because I'm like, I don't know if I, if I wouldn't do the same thing, honestly. Yeah, because like, that's the really interesting thing that they touch on here is individualism when you are literally the same genetically as the person you're standing next to. Yeah, and not only individualism, and this episode does a good job of not only giving all the clones, because there are multiple clones, not just the traitor, Cody and Rex. There's like a squad they go to to investigate. Mm -hmm. and There's they, a droid finger dude. Yeah, the droid finger. He has like a necklace of droid fingers, but they all look different and they all act different. Like they, they're very clear, separate individual personalities. And you can point out like, oh, that's so-and-so and that's so-and-so if you watch mm -hmm. the episode, um, which is fantastic character design and writing from from the crew that it's fantastic yeah we'll pull up the names of the crew at some point we swear well for now we'll just say like writers but like yeah i i, I tend to agree with literally everything you just said like every one of these clones has remained completely memorable over this month-long break between recording sessions yeah, yeah, yeah. so and like i got i gotta tell you like to this day hidden enemy remains one of my more preferable episodes to watch over and over again just because of that just because of the reveal just because of the action that you've seen from Anakin and Obi-Wan which they don't have like a huge part of the story but like they get hey, a like, cool lightsaber fight yeah exactly lightsaber fights galore like you're fighting one person with two lightsabers it's pretty rad and like the more interesting thing that I found though was like the process of discovering who was the traitor amongst the clones as well. Because Rex and Cody kind of figure out pretty quickly that it has to be one of the clones. There's no possible way it couldn't be. Mm -hmm. And they're on the brink of catching him before he sprints into the bedroom. And everyone, not a, not one person wants to let him go. Yeah, and it's really hard. Oh, the, the scene where, like, we're slick, like, because that's the clone trader's name. He like slips up and like says something like, "Of course, his name's Slick." <laughs> yeah, I know that. Oh, there goes clever writing. But um, I think at one point, like, it's a secret that Anakin and Obi Wan are on a mission, and then Slick obviously knows because he's a traitor and he's spying on them. And so he lets that slip, and then Cody and Rex totally like, "Wait, wait, no one else knows that but us too. Um, which is nice. Which was, which also is nice because it's like. It's not just like they caught him. I mean, they did catch him, but it was just like a nice slip up. It wasn't like a big review. It was just like, oh, you just made a little mistake and mm -hmm. they bounced on you. Yeah, it was a bit of expectation subversion. Yes, for that's what I'm anyone yeah. under the age of 12, because you automatically assume it's droid finger dude with like a scar out over his left eye. And he's just like, yeah, I just wanted to take something back from the droids who kept taking my brothers. Mm -hmm. But no, they completely. <laughs> They completely subvert that expectation by having a B, the commander who seems to have it all under control, who seems to have a squadron down packed. And which, yeah. what's actually even more sad is slick, like for a while, genuinely seems to care. Like, again, maybe he's just pulling an act, but like, and maybe he's just trying to cover his tracks, but like, he's like, no, 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 my guys are good. They're good guys. And even in the end, when like Cody and Rex are like arresting him and, they, and they're giving him to the Jedi, um, so looks like I was I was striking a blow for all of clones. Mm -hmm. I was trying to make a statement, and Cody's and Rex are like, you, if you if you wanted to, why'd you start killing your own guys? Like, you you sabotaged us. Everyone's probably gonna die in this upcoming battle now because of you. Um, and so my question then I'm gonna ask is, did Slick do this to make a statement, or was Slick just selfish and just wanted to get away from the war, or both? Oh, I think it was entirely well. I don't think it was entirely selfishness, but I feel like there's an inherent selfishness when it comes to uh, wanting to sabotage something for your own personal motive. Because, like, at the end of the day, he was kind of the only one who wasn't contempt with fighting for the Republic. I mean, sure, he nobody was given a choice. They were all kind of forced into it. 
But he was the only one with a sense of, I don't want to do this. I really hate this. I need to get out of here and I want to free all of you. And because of that lack of consensus from the rest of his brothers, I think he he was kind of driven to madness in a way which forced him to make that sabotage to kill all of his brothers, if even inadvertently. And I just find that to be so interesting. Oh yeah. He's he, I actually, again, a character that we'll never see again, much like trench, but like he's a fantastic character. Like for a one episode villain, he's pretty, there's a lot of like already layers to him that it's sad that we won't, we'll never see because I don't think unless he's in the new season, like he's never in the show again. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a fantastic villain, um, and it's cool to really see Cody and Rex, and they 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 cement their characters because they're pretty. They're Rex in particular is like one of the focal points of the show. Yeah, like he. I would say like probably Ahsoka, him and Anakin are like the three biggest characters of the show. Oh yeah, I wholeheartedly um, agree. And maybe Obi Wan coming in there. Like yeah, I w- okay, forth. yeah, Obi Wan. Um and future villain characters that we will mention but um but definitely him and so it's nice to cement him and it's it's interesting because like i watched uh, a couple of star wars rebels episodes and to see where rex started off is like this really stick in the mud hard ass kind of like don't fuck with me kind of guy and rex and rebels is like this old, wise, gentle man. I mean, he's a badass, too, but, like... Which is weird, because, like, isn't he, like, 30-something in Rebels? Well, just yeah. because of how aging works with clones? Yeah, clones, like, age, like... I think I read, like, this one Republic Commando book, and, like, this clone's like, yeah, I'm 10 years old, and he's, like, he has the body of, like, a 25-year-old man. <laughs> I'm 10 years old. I'm really into dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I'm really into dinosaurs. Aren't you killing people? Dino, dinos. <laughs> I, co- I collect droid fingers and pretend they're brontosaurus. I'm 10 years old. <laughs> um, so it's it's a great episode to cement who the clones are and to individualize him. Great villain. And it, yeah, it was a generally interesting mystery and in, like how they uncovered the traitor. And it was cool to see Anakin Obi-Wan fight Asajj, who yeah, yeah. is a fan favorite. She, she's a fan favorite and she lasts throughout a lot of the show. Again, not given a whole lot of spotlight here, but I don't think we needed it just because like, Again, what she was doing was more or less a distraction so Slick could get his plan out of the way. Yeah, so, like, I think it's, for the first episode she's technically introduced, can you know, canon-wise, it's kind of weak for her, especially since she is such an important villain later on. Um, but she, you're right, she just is there to serve as a distraction. She's just there to be like, hey, fuck you guys. <laughs> I just screwed with your entire base. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, seriously. And screwing with the entire base, Slick executing his plan, leaves the Republican... Republican? The Republic forces. The Republic forces completely decimated and stranded on this planet, which leads into... The movie. Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the movie. I, I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. Rewatching it, it's not as bad as I remember. But it's still pretty bad. I, I still, there are aspects that I like that I really enjoyed. Um, well, first, let's talk about what the plot is, basically. So what? <laughs> it's the stupidest plot I've. It's it's really a bad story. It's like, Jabba the Hutt's son has been kidnapped by by this. Nobody knows, but it's the Separatist. It's Count Dooku. Um, and so oh God, Dooku's first episode is the movie. Yeah. And, oh shit! And so the Republic are like, for some reason, desperately need the Hut's allegiance. Their their logic. We'll talk about the logic later because I don't understand. I I do not either. But they want they want Jabba's allegiance um, for trade routes, and so they're going to find Jabba's son. And the whole point is the Republic and the Separatists trying to get Jabba's son. All the while, Anakin has a new apprentice named Ahsoka, and he's trying to learn how to be a Jedi. Mass like trainer to Ahsoka was his new pad one, um, and Padme's there for some reason. Yeah, Padme. We'll talk about that later because I, <laughs> I know why that is. But yeah, she's shoehorned in. Yeah. But yeah, the the, the story is really bad, and I I want to talk about. I don't understand why Jabba is so crucial. I like. So I'm, I'm I'm sure the underworld on a galactic scale works differently than from like Earths, but like Jabba's like a crime boss lord. Like, yeah. it's not like he has armies, like, 
So, like, I guess... Doesn't he technically have, like, armies of bounty hunters, though? Or am I yeah, wrong about that? Yeah, but, like, that? they're mercenaries. Like, if, like, oh, the separatists yeah. can be like, we'll pay you more. And then they'll be like, okay, fuck you, Java. Like, at the end of the... Oh, di- my God, you're right. Like, Java can't... It's a pop- huge plot hole. <laughs> the, the, the reason why they want to ally with Java is, like, for trade routes. Like, Java owns trade routes. But my point is... The Republic could easily just take them. They're elite. Like, he's a crime lord. He's illegal. Like, what he does is illegal. You can just take them. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I think a counter-argument would be like, oh, but the Republic doesn't want to waste resources on... Waste resources? Wouldn't you gain resources by getting those trade routes? When you gain resources, and also, like, it's not going to be, like, a lengthy war with Jabba. Like, he again, he's a crime boss. He's not, like... He doesn't have massive armies. You literally have a map. You have an army of Jedi, an army of clones. Um, and if you wanted to, you could probably hire more mercenaries. Like, you are not in a place of weakness against Jabba. You are in a place of pure strength. And they always try to make Jabba as, like, this threatening force. Like, oh, we don't want to piss off Jabba. I'm like, fuck Jabba. <laughs> he doesn't, he's not a big deal. In Re- I mean, he's literally a big deal, but okay. Yeah. But, like, in Return of the Jedi, like, you get the sense that Jabba's just, like, this just this crime lord he doesn't like he doesn't get involved with galactic politics he's just like oh my god he's you just like what? the mafia he's just there maybe but you know what i realized like you're 100 percent right because the republic is at the height of their power while this is happening oh yeah like i mean sure they need uh, some assistance from jabba with the trade routes whatever the whatever the case is there but regardless they have armies they have, of clones that are loyal to them. They have Jedi that are loyal to the legions of Jedi that are loyal to them. And the reason that in Return of the Jedi, Jabba was so threatening was because the Jedi were basically non-existent. And also it was like three guys. It was like Han, Leia, Lando, and Luke yeah. fighting this crime syndicate. And that was it. Like it was, you didn't, ha- so there was, re- again, real stakes was just like a couple of people fighting Jabba's goons. Where in this, it's like, there are no stakes. Jabba's not a threat. I don't understand. He's nuts. Like, uh, seriously, when you take away that m- amount of power from the Republic, or the good guys, rather, Jabba's kind of left. Jabba is intimidating, but as is, the dude's just a rich man. Take his shit. And so, like, maybe if they established a bit more why he's so important, like, maybe he owns, again, uh, I have no idea what the hut. Uh, organization like, economy, but like maybe they own like an entire portion of the galaxy. Maybe like they're like they own like maybe they do have massive armies. I don't know, but you need to establish that. I, yeah, I, they don't. They do not give any sense as far as we know. Jabba has like a palace on Tatooine. That's it. It's like the reverse problem with the prequels, right? Whereas the prequels had too much exposition and so little character development. Here, we get character development, like quips back and forth and a little bit of commentary uh, commentary as far as like, you know, interpersonal relationships between characters go. But there's zero explanation as to why any of the events that are going on are going on. Yeah. And that just makes the, cons- the story a confusing, muddled mess. So, and speaking of confusing a muddled mess, one of the biggest things, and it's very apparent in the movie, is originally this was supposed to be like a four-episode arc. Mm. Like, this was supposed to be like the series premiere. And it feels like yeah. it, too. If every ep- like, there are portions in the movie that feel tonally and, like, different from other portions. Tonally different? Not only that, but, like, there's literally moments in the film where a... <laughs> Oh, God, I keep forgetting some of the quotes that I got down on here from Ahsoka. We'll get to that later. But for now, let me tell you, the tra- you can clearly see the transitions between episodes because w- with the previous two, you know, you have that classic like, nah, 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 into credits, right? Yeah. You get like that for every ending of every episode. Here, you get that buildup twice only for that to transition into the beginning of another episode and it's just like what it feels so disjointed like why did you do this yeah it it feels weird and i think a prime example of this is padme padme literally does not show up until the last like 20 minutes of the movie oh my god and like as much i'm not gonna pretend i love padme but like in the prequels she is a very she is very important and like she is one of the most it would be like her anakin and obi-wan are the most important characters in the prequels. And all of a sudden she's just last minute. Oh, Padme, we need you to talk to zero, the hut for some fucking reason. 
because why not? We we need to make this go on longer. It's it's. We need to have the droopy the dog of the hut universe. Did I'm you, very intimidating. Did, I swear. Did you voice Zero the Hut? I I did indeed voice Zero the Hut. <laughs> he did it. I, I was like ten years old when this movie came out originally, but yeah, the, I I found a deal in L.A. and lo and behold, um, I a whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna talk about Zero later, but yeah. So like, oh, yeah, it's just, it's very. The way it's edited, it's very weird and it's very totally different. Like the Battle of Christosis is almost completely different to the Battle of Teth, the next planet they go to. Like the Battle of Teth, I think is awesome. Like mm. the way they land, they climb up this mountain, it's super cool. And the and the Battle of Christosis is very comedic as Ahsoka and Anakin are like learning the ropes of being a Jedi and Padwan. Oh and Obi-Wan's God. like you know, trying to deceive the evil general. And he's like, oh, bro, bro, I'm going to destroy, I'm going to delay the general. And then the Battle of Teth is like people dying and there's like this, like this war music and people, and it's, oh, it's a very, very, very different um, situations. It uh, seriously feels like a really crappy buddy cop movie for like the first fourth of this movie. Yes. Um, and speaking of buddy cop, fuck Ahsoka. <laughs> in this episode, or sorry, in this uh movie i keep like because it feels like yeah. so many episodes no in, in this film ahsoka is borderline useless i wouldn't say useless because she does things it's just she's annoying oh god yeah she is let me let me pull up some quotes because uh oh yeah so when she uh when she picks up the baby hut uh which she calls stinky because again children's media she uh she immediately whenever they get into danger is like stinky watch my back and i'm i thought you liked to play in the sand like the, the this kid if he dies shit goes down with the republic like java's like java's gonna be pissed he's gonna align himself with the separatists and then you guys will be massively out of power why are you treating this uh, this hut's death like it's a joke ahsoka yeah ahsoka is is incredibly annoying um, and I really, really tried rewatching this to like her because the show goes on. I actually love Ahsoka. Oh we'll, yeah, and we'll talk more about that as, the sh- as we do more podcasts. But like, well, let's get our hate out of the way, yeah, like right I, now. I, I can't. Let's be real here. The rest of the series, she's actually a really great character. Here, she sucks. Yeah, she's really annoying. I, I, she doesn't stop talking, and I don't mind the quips, but they're not even funny, and they're so. Again, jarring and annoying. They just, they, she doesn't stop talking about and making fun of Anakin. And again, I don't make, care if you make fun of Anakin, but like, it's relentless. It's kind of like Deadpool in the comics. Yeah. Like, Deadpool in modern day comics has become what Ahsoka is here. Completely full of quips, barely any character other than said quips. And whenever she does anything outside of the quips, it's bland, it's boring and frankly i just want to see her throw around a lightsaber that's it i don't even think it's bland i think like there are a couple moments that could be heartfelt moments between ahsoka and anakin Mm -hmm. but the problem is you don't like her yeah so they mean nothing and so again with anakin i like anakin in this movie and there are a couple moments like um he's still he's anakin the ones we like but yeah, with Ahsoka, it really it brings down Anakin with Ahsoka when it's, when when Anakin is with Ahsoka. Sorry, it brings down Anakin a bit because Anakin has to now deal with this child, and he's clearly annoyed as as the rest of the audience is, mm-hmm. and so he now he starts complaining and Ahsoka's complaining and it's just two people complaining and you're just like, oh, so we are back in the prequels. Yeah, it, it definitely feels it literally feels like prequel Anakin, like. The way that the can- the canon has been suggested through StarWars.com, we're expected we're to expect that Anakin literally takes like twelve steps back from the character progression that we had just learned that he is capable of in the past two episodes. Like he literally feels straight out of two thousand five Hayden Christensen just coming in and being like, "You uh, you don't you don't deserve me. Yeah. I'm edgy and I don't like sand." Yeah, and he doesn't like Santa's movie either because they go back to fucking Tatooine. Oh, God, that's right. But he, uh, yeah, I don't like Ahsoka. Um, and at least not in this movie. She's not fun. Um, yeah, Ahsoka. Did Obi-Wan do anything in this movie? No, he did. He talked to Jabba and, like, fought. He fought Ventress. They had a lightsaber fight, which was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then he just kind of 
blinked out of existence for the rest of it. Yeah. Again, it shows the editing of the episodes because, like, again, Obi-Wan, I'm not going to say he's, like, he's pretty, he's a he's a side character, but, like, in the last 30 minutes of the movie, he's absent because yeah. he, because then the focus on fucking Padme and Anakin. So, it really shows how, like, this This really should not have been a movie. It was because it, was, it wasn't written to be a movie. No, it wasn't. Like, literally, they were just, like, they were, the writers were in their writing room having a, a dandy time just, like, writing along their episodes. And, like, they were probably pretty solid. Then George Lucas came in, and he was like, oh, this this looks pretty good. Um, You know, all four of these episodes, uh, they, they line up together pretty well. Like, really, really well. I kind of want to make it into a movie. You think you could make it into a movie? Uh, no, they, they were just supposed to be for... Oh, great. We're going to make it into a movie. Feature yeah. film, uh, doing half a year. Good luck, fuckers. I can only imagine, like, because Hidden Enemy was also a season one episode. Can you imagine if we, like, edited Hidden Enemy into this? Uh, <laughs> God damn it, that no. so bad. Um, but... Would have made the first half a little bit more bearable, I'll say that much. Oh, yeah, the first half would have been great, and then you're like, oh, shit, here we go. But, um, yeah, so none of the characters are really cool. Uh, none of, no one, the problem with this movie is the story is really stupid, and the characters you don't really like, because Anakin and Soka are the focus, and they're annoying as fuck. Uh-huh. Obi-Wan is in it, but he doesn't really do anything cool other than fight Ventress. Oh, and he, I'm not going to lie, when he's like, Delaying that one general in the beginning battle. That's cool. That's neat. Yeah. Um, I do like Rex. Uh, well, because Rex is Rex. Yeah, like. Rex is Rex. And, like, outside of that, I, I did not care for any character in this movie. Oh, my God. I mean, come on. What about Stinky the Hut? I did like Rada. I'm not even <laughs> memeing here. I actually like Rada. Rada. God, which one was Rada? I got, He's I the literally... baby. Oh my god, that's right. Stinky, yeah. I not. I, I only know him as Stinky because Ahsoka has tainted my Yeah, mind. sorry, did Ahsoka actually just rename fucking Rod of the Hutt as Stinky the Hutt? Oh, dude, did you forget? Yes, she actually did. Low-key, low Rod of the Hutt is going to be the reason why the First Order is defeated in Episode 9. I'm calling it now. Oh my He's going to lead an army of mercenaries and he's going to fuck Kylo Ren in the ass. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So Jabba's uncle... Uh, oh, Zero. Let's talk about Zero. Zero was so awful. <laughs> Holy cow. He, like, I thought he was a woman for like the, when I was a little kid. I'm like, is this a girl? You know that he's actually voiced by uh, the same VA who does Cow from Cow and Chicken? Oh, really? I'm not even kidding. Like, if you listen side by side, it's literally the same voice. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it kind of clears things up, doesn't it? It does. But I still thought he was a girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it wasn't until like... Because Cal was a girl. It wasn't until I... A couple of... When I was rewatching it, they kept referencing he. And I'm like, oh, he's a dude? What? Are you serious? It's just a very feminine hut. Yeah, which is not bad, but it's just... Oh. It was really confusing. I legit... Like, his voice, the like, his design and, like, his, like the decor of, like, his... What, his little Coruscant palace? Yeah. Was very feminine. Uh, and was very just maybe this is me just being yeah yeah stereotypical, but I thought he was a girl. Um, yeah, like something that I found kind of interesting and like a huge missed opportunity is like when we're first introduced to Zero or Zero or Zero. No, it's Zero. Okay, so when we're first introduced to Zero, he makes a power move by like uh, addressing this assassin droid who was supposed to kill uh, Jabba's son. He failed obviously, which is why he's there in the meeting and. Uh, he sentences him to death, and the assassin droid kind of reacts like, I don't want to die. No. No. Oh, God, why? And I'm just like, it's it's a missed opportunity for me, because in all honesty, if that had been like an organic, I, I don't want to sound like a racist or anything, but if that had been an organic life form, like an alien or a human, I feel like that would have been a lot more effective because let's be real here. The droids in this in this show in general are cannon fodder in, to begin with. Well, there's a lot darker implications. <laughs> um, oh, there. I, 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 uh, I, f- I believe that the droids in, the sh- in Star Wars are fully aware there. There are there are like like. Uh, the equivalent of what we see, like they're artificial intelligence. They are they're not just like program VIs. No, they are living things. But right. I think the the reason why they don't rebel 
is because their memories are always wiped. And so I think like, I mean, yeah, but he's sentenced to murder. Like he literally gets sentenced to destruction because he's a, cause he's alive. I, I believe that thing. I believe all the droids are alive and uh, I think nobody cares and they just use them as fucking slaves. That's fair. In that case, call me a, an anti droids, right? Activist, because that scene did nothing for me. Well, also like, it they, didn't make zero seem threatening. It showed me zero of it. Zero of his power, zero, no amount of his power. And like, again, I think because it was an Android, like, Right now, our society doesn't really view artificial That's intelligence true. as alive or um, fully aware of itself. Well, not even like a view. That's just literally how yeah, it no, is. Yeah, no, artificial. Yeah, no, it doesn't exist. Like, it, it, while that might be a thing in the Star Wars universe, unless it's like explained through exposition, I feel that a sacrifice or a murder like that in order to show power is ineffective. Oh, I, I'm just saying it's a darker implication. Oh, it totally can be. <laughs> it just didn't feel like it. Um I think, I think, in all honesty, it was just because the writers were like, well, this is a kid's movie. Yeah. We can't kill living things, even though we see clones oh, die. Oh, you can't imply death. Come on. I, well, I don't know anymore. I was just watching How to Train Your Dragon, and like... The third one? Yeah. Oh, I gotta see that. Nobody so dies in that movie. Really? Except, and the villain dies, but like, he just falls in water. Well, that's what happened with the last one. My point exactly. The they don't, that. they never show the people die. Um... Actually, the one before that was like, like I don't, just a giant dragon. Which, I mean, if this was like the 70s and 80s, you know, like Brave Little Toaster, people die all the time. Oh, God, that's... People did die in that movie, didn't they? They die all the time. And then, but for... Anyway, back to Star Wars. Um, because it's a kid's movie, that's probably why they kill a droid. But I agree that Zero, he's not, he's not a threatening character. I think it's because he... There's so little screen time devoted to him. Mm-hmm. And he's shoehorned in at the end. Again, he's like this character that has a lot of screen presence for like the end of the movie, but it's at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. So you don't see him do a lot. He like captures Padme and Padme calls in reinforcements and then he's arrested and that's it. And truth be told, we're not even given a lot of hints that he's the one who's behind this masterful scheme of like trying to get Jabba to screw over the Republic so he can gain power. We're not given any semblance of a hint of that up until the last fourth we're like Dooku, like, I think he talks to Zero, Yeah, right? D- Dooku straight up talks to Zero about it, and I'm just like, how much better would that have been if, like, early on we had gotten hints from, like, Asajj Ventress or Dooku that this wasn't even their plan? Like, how, then it would be a bit more of a mystery. Like, we don't, we didn't know that Zero existed per se, but, like, the fact that there's someone even more powerful behind this, I feel like that could have made him much more intimidating. Oh, yeah. Um... Like, especially with the villains that we've had so far being Slick or Ch- and Trench, like, I, I, these writers know how to write good villains. I do think that it's it's more or less a result of, like, rush production time and George Lucas being an ass. But even so, it's disappointing to see this low-quality, this low-tier trash villain come up out of nowhere to give our heroes a comeuppance. Yeah, and he's pretty annoying. Um, This is kind of off-topic. Uh, but I want to talk because you mentioned Dooku, um, and oh god, that's right, Dooku's introduced in this movie. I forgot twice um, in the same friggin' session. Yeah, Dooku's oh. in it, and like he shouldn't be because like yeah. he's like the leader of the Separatists, and this is not again. A, they act like this is the biggest fucking thing in the galaxy, and I'm like, yeah. this is not a big deal. But Dooku, the leader of the Separatists, is like. I'm going to Tatooine. I'm going to fight Anakin Skywalker. Like, like, why are you sending General Grievous? Or you have a Saj Ventress. It's like, a farting baby. Yeah. Like, this is not a high, this is not like you're conquering Coruscant. Like, this is just like a, a small scale military operation. And Dooku is a threat later on down the line. Oh, yeah. Like, Count Dooku is a good, is a great villain. But like, here, he's literally misused to the actually, point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about Count Dooku. Okay. I, don't, yeah. I, I, don't, Shoot. I don't think he is a good villain. I'm going to retract that. Whoa, statement. whoa. Immediate counterpoint on yourself. Okay. Explain. I actually, so a positive with the prequels that I'll give Attack of the Clones, which is objectively the worst Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Count Dooku and Attack of the Clones, and I think this was more because of the portrayal by Christopher Lee, seem to fundamentally believe in the Separatist goals. Mm-hmm. Um, watching, like, there's a scene when in Attack of the Clones where Obi-Wan's, like, imprisoned by Count Dooku, and... Um, Count Dooku's talking to one's like, join me. And Count Dooku 
legitimately sounds like he believes in what he is doing is for the greater good. Like he's like, no, the Republic's corrupt. We need to overthrow it. Yeah. I think that's 100% on Christopher Lee. Yeah. And I believe it's Christopher Lee's acting, which again, he's a phenomenal actor. Rest in peace. Incredible. Um, but the Clone Wars turn Count Dooku into this mustache-twirling villain who's just yeah. like, oh, I just want power and Darth Sidious. Bare minimum, he's like that throughout all of season one. I will say throughout season two, three, he gets slightly less mustache-twirling. But I do agree with you that, I, I to an extent, I do agree with you that he is misused here. Yeah. Uh, like, here especially, don't get me wrong, like the Clone Wars movie. But um, it, here, also referring to, like, the entirety of season one, because... He, he really is like, he's like the Saturday morning cartoon villain that you see just because like, he's the big bad. Why don't I just do it myself? That kind of thing. Oh man, I can't wait to talk about Grievous later on, but yeah. I, I, we're not there yet. I know. I was not a fan of Count Dooku um, at all. The one thing I did like about Count Dooku, and this was more of a fight scene. I actually love this final duel between Anakin and Dooku. Mm. Uh, I would argue it's a fantastic lightsaber. Scene. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, it's beautifully done. I love the, the I love how it's just fought on like these dunes. It's not like um, this lava plant. It's not this big. Yeah. It's just like they're fighting in a pile of sand. Um, also, the emotional tension between Dooku and Anakin is Dooku fucking kicked Anakin's ass last time. It's on Anakin's homeworld, Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Oh, and on the music, oh, that fight is so good. I and then you it. remember it's caused because of a farting baby. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, that's not as relevant. Don't get me wrong, but like they cut a couple of times like Ahsoka fighting like these what, magnet droids. Yeah, like, it was the magnet droids. Um, but I'm not like that. Every time they cut back the fight, I was. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. And that's something I will praise this movie for. Like, if anything, it did give us decent action. I thought the action was inc- I the, the battle of Teth when they're climbing that mountain mm. is awesome. Oh, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. The, 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 like their escape is the only thing I really gave a shit about. Yeah. And like, I think that's super engaging just because like there's this war zone going on around them. They're bobbing and weaving through every possible shot. And Asajj Ventress is still chasing after them. Oh, yeah. And again, Asajj Ventress. She's a pretty one-dimensional character in this movie, but she she serves her purpose as yeah. <laughs> but she serves her purpose as being a very threatening presence. She she's not she does not hesitate to kill. Um, she's a very she's a good clear antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, where Kantuku is pretty boring. Because um, here's the thing: Kantuku is boring and he, he doesn't do anything really, and he's he's not an interesting character. Asajj Ventress, while boring, at least is interesting and intimidating. Um, and there's a sense of, oh shit, the heroes better get the fuck out of here before yeah. Ventress comes in and wrecks up shit. Yeah, it's super solid. And I gotta say, like, man, I, I, I gotta be honest, the first half of this movie is definitely my least favorite. Oh, I, I want the entire film being just an utter trash show. But, like, the action there wasn't bad either. I mean, it wasn't the greatest in the film, but, like, for the most part, I think there was enough interesting things going on, especially with them trying to take down tanks, figure out how to get around this force field. Oh, yeah, the Battle of Christosis, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, while it could have led to... It could have led to utter disaster, but with the consistent quips and nonstop dialogue, I mean, the action going on screen is entertaining. I think what I liked about it was the sense of desperation from the clones. Mm -hmm. Like, with... So, the... Throughout the battle, they cut to, like, Obi-Wan, Rex, and Anakin Ahsoka. Oh, Anakin Ahsoka and Obi-Wan are probably the most, um, not really interesting because they're just kind of goofing off and, like, doing their mission. With Rex, you get a serious sense that the clones are about to fucking die. Yeah. There's a real dire situation. They're like, we got, like... We don't have lightsabers. We're gonna give... We don't have lightsabers. We're almost fucked, boys. And so, like, I love... Just like you see, like these clones, like literally, like there's like five guys and like fighting to the last man. You get yeah. a real sense of how desperate the clones are in this battle. Oh, it's so rare. Yeah, no, no. The, the battle, if you, when they go back to specifically the clones fighting the droids, I think it's, um, I think it's awesome because there's a lot more tension. Like they don't have an instant win button with the lightsabers. No. They have like their wits and guns and that's it. And they have those cannons, but those cannons are like, useless. they're non-functional yeah, they, until that force field comes yeah, down. So they literally are fighting with just like what they, the, the guns they are carrying. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's a great, great um, battle. The battle of Teth is fun. Um, and the, and the, while well, the fight between Ventress and Ahsoka, Ventress and Obi-Wan, Ventress and Ahsoka, uh, between Ventress and Obi-Wan is, pretty mundane it's just like uh it's a lightsaber it's just fight. A, it's a lightsaber fight the one between anakin dooku is 
is awesome. Oh yeah, seriously. I think if that had, I, I, like, again, this movie would have been saved if it were just cut into four different episodes, released. I mean, at the very least, the pacing would be better. The pacing would definitely be better. Yeah, and you would luckily you would be able to evaluate each episode as its own. Like, for example, maybe like the, if it was just like a Christophsis episode, we'd be like, oh, it was a good episode. Or maybe like the, the Padme stuff because, you know, because Padme had her own episode. You'd be like, oh, this is organic because it's a new episode. Yeah, this is her motivation. This is why she's going to zero it in the first place. But because it's a movie and it's and I it, I don't think it's a part on the editors or like I think it's on higher ups like George Lucas. Oh, it's 100 percent. They, they just had to make do with what they had. And so they're like, yeah, we have to edit it to make this a movie. And it, and it kind of sucks because it doesn't belong to be in a movie. Uh, seriously i mean thank god for the rest of the show being an absolute amazing ball like even the filler i found to be like pretty damn entertaining well most of the show is scottish monkeys <laughs> do you remember those boys we'll talk about them for scottish sure scottish monkeys good god i think for most of the show is honestly i mean the whole show's filler i mean there really yeah. is no central i would say up until they bring in honestly death watch mm. and darth maul there really is no central plot. It's just battles and these adventures. Which I don't think is a bad thing. No. I mean, one of my favorite shows, Kawaii Bebop, it's the same thing. There mm. really is no storyline. I mean, Spike has like, you know, Spike and Faye. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's like a character arc. Yeah. It's not necessarily like the grand yes. central plot. It's There is no grand. It's just these bounty hunters doing this mission. And that's what Clone Wars is. It's this war and you see different perspectives of this war. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love. Yeah, like ser- I, I, another show that I really enjoy that uh, kind of gives you that same feel is Gundam, mm-hmm. which like uh, as silly as it is, like with it being a mecha anime, it's 100 percent about the futility of war and just how much bullshit people can go through while it's like happening. And you really get a sense of that, too, here without all the existential dread and blood and murder but because it's a family it's, it's a, a family show at the end of the day like people can get impaled as long as it's with a lightsaber yeah um and obviously the show actually does get oh yeah it gets so fucking it gets dark. pretty dark at times but for now it's 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 family good show and um ultimately i i thought the movie again liked it better the second time i watched it but i still don't think it's all that it's not good. something i'm gonna be putting on netflix oh yeah soon. absolutely not i would it's like why watch the movie like just Watch another arc from a show, and that yeah. can be a movie. I mean, like, there are so many arcs that can be their own movies that are obviously not edited to be a movie. Oh God, no! But you Thank can just wa- you can just watch them in a row and and, and have fun instead of just watch this movie. Uh, yeah, seriously, and I can't wait to go on the rest of this uh, Star Wars epic journey with my boy Gavin. Me too. I am. I'm excited. I am excited as well, friend. Yeah. We've got, we're about 52 minutes in. I think it's about time to uh, wrap this show up. All right. Do we know what the next episodes are going to be? Uh, we will as soon as we pull up the Reddit guide <laughs> that happens to be on my phone, pre-prepared, of course, which is why I'm explaining literally everything I'm doing. Uh, yes. Okay. Here, chronological order. We're loading and we're here. All right. So the next episodes will be Clone Cadets, Supply Lines, and Ambush. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been the Clone War Room with your hosts, Soupy Max. And Gavin. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Have a good one.